0: There is no such thing as an ordinary life. And whether your life has been great, or or difficult, or disappointing, or maybe just pretty good, or just mundane, there is so much more available. There is such a bigger purpose available than most of us can even imagine. And it all starts with the Holy Spirit and knowing what His purpose is. So, let's talk about it together. What is the point of life? Like is it just to, you know, get through it and get by or maybe find something you love and pursue it? Or is it, you know, love God and love others? If that's the point, then why is that the point of life? And what's, what's the point of being a Christian? Whether you are, call yourself one or not, what do you think the point of being a Christian is? Is it like to be nice, to be a good person, maybe to tell bad people how bad they are or to go to heaven when we die? Another question, what's the point of the church? Is it like to teach us to be nice, to, to make bad people not as bad, to, to make people good citizens, to, to teach people about God or, or maybe make the world better? Well then, how would it do that? See, we can go through life and we can go through our routines and do our religions without really thinking about it. We can just do what we think we should do or, or what feels good or we do it just because, you know, that routine gives us a sense of security and control but you rip that routine away, kind of like what happened with COVID, right? And we're left feeling lost and, and empty and scared or, or even angry. We can't experience a life of purpose when we don't know the real purpose of our lives. But there's a better way. And we see it in the teachings of Jesus and the biblical writings. It's knowing the Holy Spirit. Spirit, And so we're doing this series about the Holy Spirit. So what is the Holy Spirit? Everything about that we can think of about the Holy Spirit. And so this is week two. And so a little bit of review, just so we're on the same page. In the last episode, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is the most important and yet the most misunderstood part of following Jesus. Why is it the most important? Because the Holy Spirit is the personal presence of God himself. And so in this series, yes, he's the most misunderstood. So now the point isn't to understand the Holy Spirit, but it's to know the Holy Spirit. That is the goal of this entire series, is that all of us would know the Holy Spirit better and better. So this week, what we're gonna find is knowing the purpose of the Holy Spirit reveals the purpose of our lives. And so to know, to help us know the Holy Spirit's purpose, I I think we need to kind of look back a little bit through the story of God. And around 600 BC, God chose a man named Joel to be his prophet, to be somebody who who speaks for him to the Jewish people. See, God had promised Joel's ancestors that they would be, that he would be their God and that they would be his people, that they would be his representatives on earth to show the world the, the reality, the glory, the love of God. But these people in Joel's time, though they were going through the motions of their religion, their hearts were far from God. They'd actually refused to live out their role as God's representatives by taking care of the poor and the weak and the orphans and the widows. They they refused to have their hearts molded to God's heart. So through Joel, God warns that a judgment is coming, that that there's going to be consequences coming for them going back on their deal with God that enemies were about to invade, which was part of the original covenant ordeal that God and the Israelites had agreed to. But in all of this, God also says those consequences, they're not gonna last forever. He will be merciful and that the day of the Lord would come, a time when when God would come and rescue and restore his people, that he would be with his people, that he would defeat evil and rescue the world. And in all of that, he says, Then, after doing all those things, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my Spirit even on servants, men and women alike, and I will cause wonders in the heavens and on the earth, blood and fire and columns of smoke. The sun will become dark, and the moon will turn blood red before the great and terrible day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." He's saying God will send his spirit, his personal presence, not to fill their temple anymore, but to fill his people, all of his people, male, female, rich, poor. Now around the same time, God had another prophet named Ezekiel expand on what this day of the Lord would be like. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, And you will be clean, your filth will be washed away, and you will no longer worship idols. And I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. And I will put my spirit in you so that you will follow my decrees and be careful to obey my regulations. See, God's spirit, and as we saw last time, his his ruach would come and restore and cleanse and heal and transform and empower his people so they could truly love him. They could truly follow him. They could actually be his people, a new kind of people. And then 600 years later, a poor Jewish peasant claims to be this God who has come to restore and cleanse and heal and save and transform and empower his people. And he walks around ancient Middle East and he accepts the unacceptable. He loves the unlovable. He forgives what only God can forgive. He touches the untouchable and he heals the incurable. And he says that he's going to establish an ecclesia, or, or a church or a community that the gates of hell, the gates of death, wouldn't be able to withstand. And strangely, he keeps saying that he's going to die one day and but not stay dead. And nobody who follows him really gets it. They think maybe it's like some kind of a spiritual metaphor or whatever. But then he's killed on a Roman cross. And everyone thinks it's over. Like this whole movement is done. The guy who based it all on himself is gone. Obviously he was wrong. And this has been some huge mistake. Until on the third day, they see him alive again. And for 40 days, they see him. And he teaches them and he eats with them. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them. Do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the holy spirit. And I think the the disciples there are saying, "Why wait? I mean like Jesus, you're alive. You're obviously stronger than death itself. You're way stronger than the Roman Empire. So let's do this. Like in fact, can we like start conquering the Romans now?" So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so Jesus is saying, hey, hey, hold on, guys. Like, no, we're not conquering Rome. Like, you're still thinking earthly kingdoms and, and politics and, and power and authority. You still don't understand what this is about. You don't understand what the kingdom of God really is. You still don't understand your true purpose. But soon, you will. And besides, like you're still those sta- just you're still those scared guys who, who ran away when I was arrested. Like, you need to wait for real power to be able to to be able to do anything. And then, as Jesus, after Jesus says that, it says, he ascended into heaven and they didn't see him anymore, which is not the strangest part of the story as we continue. And so they do, they do what they're told and they wait. Like if somebody predicted that they would die and rise again and then pulled it off, you would listen to them too, right? And so they do. And then 50 days after Jesus rose from the dead, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. And so they're, they're in this room and they, they come out and Jerusalem is full of people. And some of the people are amazed, like, oh my gosh, I'm from you know this country and they're speaking my language. How do they know my language? And everybody's hearing their own language. And so they're amazed, like, what's going on? While others, you know, like we would probably do, are like, no, these guys are drunk. Like they're just babbling fools. They've been drinking too much. And Peter gets up and he says, guys, it is too early for people to be drunk. Obviously they hadn't invented mimosas yet, but he says, here's what's actually going on. And he quotes what we just read. Joel, he says... No, what you see was predicted long ago by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I'll pour out my spirit even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. And I will cause wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and clouds of smoke. The sun will become dark and the moon will turn blood red before that great and glorious day of the Lord arrives. But everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be Saved. So Peter says, this that Joel prophesied about is happening now. We are the beginning of the of the fulfillment of God's promise. And Peter tells them that, that God has visited them. And instead of them accepting and following him, they killed him. But God raised Jesus from the dead, and we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he has promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us, just as you see and hear today. He's saying you are witnessing right now. Can you imagine? You are witnessing right now the fulfillment of God's promise with your own eyes and ears. See, God kept his promise to be with his people again by sending the Holy Spirit. Spirit. So let everyone in Israel know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to the other apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. It says, anyone who repents, anyone who chooses to trust that Jesus was and is God and that God raised him from the dead will receive the Holy Spirit. He's saying to these people that you too will be part of God's promise through Joel. And it's not for a a select few, but all are invited just as God promised. Young, old, rich, poor, Jew, Gentile, male, female. And when Peter's done, 3,000 people choose to believe and they are the beginning of a new Community And really, a new kind of humanity. People filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And on that day, God put in motion what he had promised so long ago. The kingdom of God has broken through. The Spirit of God has been poured out on his people. On purpose, for a specific purpose. And if you remember last week, we talked about the Spirit of God. How the Spirit of God brings life, right? He breathes his holy ruach on creation and brings life to it. And that is still his purpose, to bring life, real life, fulfilling life that starts now and lasts forever to to a new people in order to bring life to all of creation. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is to give life to a new people who will show the world the life Jesus offers. And Peter actually expands on this idea a few years later. But you, talking to Jesus followers, are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. As scholar Gordon Fee said, God is not just saving individuals and and preparing them for heaven. Rather, he's creating a people among whom he can live and who in their lives together will reproduce God's life and character. And so now, instead of a temple being the place where, where people experience God, this new community brings God to the world. It is in this community of people that the Holy Spirit points the world to Jesus. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? So this community of Jesus followers living and supporting and celebrating together is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And our like our church gatherings, right? Those are an expressions of that temple of of the church. The building is not the temple. The community of people is are together the temple and the community check this out the community is the temple because each individual member is also now a temple of the holy spirit don't you realize that your body is the temple of the holy spirit who lives in you and was given to you by god the holy spirit has made the church the new temple of god made up of new individual temples of god it's kind of like, the best way I could think of it is, like, do you, if you remember those, those toys, maybe from the 80s or 90s, or those cartoons where, you know, the heroes had these vehicles, but then they would, you know, transform and all come together and make one big robot. Like, that's how I see it at the church. Like, we're all our own little robot, then we come together and make the big robot. Or like a, a food truck pod, right? Like Beehive Station, if you're in Salem. And you have all these trucks together making this food-eating experience. But each truck can also go on its own and bring food to people. See, we are, we are, that's what the, the church is. If you are a Jesus follower, you are bringing God wherever you go. You're like little portable temples of God, temples of the God of the universe. Like, have you ever really, if you're a Jesus follower, have you ever seen yourself like this? This is no ordinary life. Like, why is it like this? Why is this, what is so different about these new people? See, these new humans live in an already, but not yet, Existence they are already living in the kingdom of God now They have and they experience God reigning as king in their lives and their minds and their hearts But they're not yet fully what they will be when Jesus returns and recreates all of creation Jesus followers are the first of the fulfillment of God's ultimate promise They are a sign that the rest of the promise will be fulfilled that evil will be dealt with that pain and suffering and death will ultimately die forever that God will reign in the hearts of humanity, that we will be restored to our perfect father forever. Let all the world look to me for salvation, for I am God, there is no other. I have sworn by my own name, I have spoken the truth and I will never go back on my word. Every knee will bend to me and every tongue will declare allegiance to me. The people will declare the Lord is the source of all my righteousness and strength. And so right now, those who have and live and walk with the Holy Spirit are the first of restored humanity, or as the Apostle Paul called them, first fruits, right? They are like the first blossoms on the trees at the very beginning of spring, right? Those first few blossoms, they show and they, they promise what will come, a beautiful earth, beautiful world covered in blossoms. And the Holy Spirit was given on purpose. And so if you are a Jesus follower, you have a purpose is to demonstrate and proclaim the love of God to the world Jesus came to save. You were recreated to be examples of the life Jesus offers now, and to be examples of what humanity will be when God makes all things new again. Our purpose is to show who God is, what life, eternal life, is like now, and what it will be like when all things are put right, both as individuals and as the community of the church, of all races, all genders, all statuses living equally in love and peace with each other. And so Jesus followers are right now living as people of the future with God's personal presence in a world that is still in, ch- in the chains of evil. A life filled with and controlled by the Holy Spirit is a taste of humanity's future now. So through the Holy Spirit, God is creating a people of his own to show the world who he is. The point of the Holy Spirit is to point people to Jesus by empowering the people of God to think and live and love like Jesus. So we don't have to just accept normal, mundane, difficult, hopeless, stuck in the rut life. We are invited into God's promise. And if you are a Jesus follower, if you've chosen to trust and believe Jesus, you have been given the Holy Spirit just as Joel promised. You have a God-given purpose that he planned from the beginning of time. You are part of this already, not yet, humanity. Whoever you are, whatever you think about yourself, you are God's temple. And that's not some guilt thing. Maybe you grew up thinking, oh, my body's God's temple, so blah, blah. No, it's not some kind of warning. It is the privilege of your new existence. The spirit is God's own personal presence in our lives and in our midst, as Gordon Fee said. And the Holy Spirit continues to carry out God's plan for the universe through you. What that means is, if you are a Jesus follower in your daily life, in your when you go to work and school and you're resting or you're, or you're playing, you're running errands or you're doing chores, you're going to parties or you're at jury duty, you are a walking temple of God. And as Peter said, you are a priest, a holy priest of God. You are not alone. You are not on your own, he is in you, he is with you. You are bringing heaven to earth now. He is bringing heaven to earth now through you. And when you are with other temples who have the the same presence of God living inside them, whether you're at connect groups or you're at dinner or even at a church gathering, you are together the temple of God on earth. But unfortunately, the church and individual Christians don't always live this out. Many of you have not experienced the church and Christians displaying and reproducing the life and character of God, have you? You know why? Because many people don't know their purpose and the purpose of the Holy Spirit. In order to be what we were recreated to be, we need to be filled with and rely on the Holy Spirit. And that's what we're gonna talk about in weeks to come. But it all starts with being aware. So our goal for this week is to be aware, of the identity you bear. And so to do that, to help us do that this week, let's read and maybe even memorize 2 Corinthians 5, 17. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. As we read and memorize that, let's also pray. A simple prayer, just say, God, thank you for creating me new on purpose and for a purpose. Open my eyes to what you want me to see. Like As your temple, as I'm going through life as your temple, let me see what you want me to see. And maybe you're not there yet, and that's okay. I just want to show you what you're offered, that you too can be a temple of God. How? Well, when you're ready, you repent. I know, it's such a horrible word, but really all repent means is to change your allegiance from yourself, from worrying about building your own crumbling kingdom, driven by like yourself and your wants and your fears and your instincts. Changing that allegiance to Jesus and his kingdom and allowing him to give you, through the Holy Spirit, new instincts and a new heart. And you choose to believe that he can and will do this because he rose and from the dead. He conquered death. And so you can begin a life of purpose. It's not easy. It's not an easy life, sunshine and roses and rainbows, but it is 100% worth it. Now, for the rest of this series, we're gonna talk about how the Holy Spirit creates His people for God through the transforming of first individuals, and then how He creates a community called the Church, and how we can work with Him to become who we were recreated to be. Because the Spirit of God doesn't create new life just like willy-nilly. No, when God breathes His Spirit into someone, there is a new creation created on purpose for a purpose to display and share the life Jesus offers by enjoying it, by living it every day with God himself. So yeah, there is no ordinary life. So be aware that the Holy Spirit is there in you. Be aware of who you really are because the purpose of the Holy Spirit is to bring the life of God to the world through the life of God's people.
1: Thank you for watching this content put out by Cross Creek Community Church. We meet regularly on Sundays at 4.30 p.m. uh, at 525 Adela Drive. You're welcome to join us in person to hear messages like this in real life with real people in real community. We have snacks afterwards. There's stuff for kids. We sing a few songs and we take communion. Not in that order. Don't forget to check out our website for more information. You can also join a small group if you're interested in diving deeper into community, there's information about that on our website as well. We have a youth connect that middle school and high school students are invited to. Those are on the first and the third Sundays of the month. So our next meeting is coming up in a little bit. Keep an eye on the calendar and the website and social media for information about that. Thank you for watching on YouTube, listening on the podcast, engaging with us on social media and emailing us if you have any questions. Uh, Don't forget if you have any questions particular to this study, uh, we are welcoming those info at yourcrosscreek.com. And we look forward to having a conversation with you, and meeting you in person. See you Sunday.
0: Blends and heal and transform and empower his people so that they could truly.
1: <laughs> what happened? <that> <laughs> Good. 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 Oh, that
0: was like my voice like went away from me.
1: Good, <laughs> get back co- here. I lost control of it. <laughs>